Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast, The Rise and Future of Event Tech with Adam Perry. I'm your host, Tim Woodring. If you've been a part of planning or producing an event over the last year, you probably talked a lot about event tech, a term many of us didn't really have in our lexicon until just recently. But now it's all the buzz with a new proliferation of platforms. Well, today's guest has been pioneering and building community around event tech for nearly a decade. And in this episode, we discuss the rise of event tech, some of the dynamics of event tech today, and how he sees it playing out, and also what it could look like even in 30 years. I think you'll enjoy his expertise and it may inform how you design your event strategy going forward. If you haven't already, please subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes of the Meetings and Event podcast, where I host thought leaders like Adam and discuss best practices related to meetings and events. And now, here's the main event. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Adam Perry on the line. He is a tech evangelist, uh, editor of Event Industry News and co-founder of Event Tech Live. Uh, I'm so honored to have you as our second guest on the Meetings and Events podcast. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Tim. It's, uh, it's an honor to be the, the second guest as well. Um, really looking forward to this conversation, mate. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And Adam and I have connected a couple of times. So we've developed uh, some uh, relationship there and just a really natural connection. And uh, it's clear why a lot of people look to you uh, as you know an expert in this space. And you know, for many event professionals, uh, the the average uses of, of the word event tech uh, has rapidly spiked in the past year as technology you know is now the the venue by which most events occur. So, but you've been using this word event tech for some time. Uh, why yeah. don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll try and keep this brief. Um, just over a decade ago, I launched Event Industry News really with the aim of it being a free resource to the industry, taking a holistic look at how events are organized, managed, planned, how revenue is driven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our view is that although events like exhibitions, festivals, conferences, um, gigs all have their differences, underpinning them, the foundations are very much the same and there's a lot of learning to be done. Our approach is newsletter as well, so it's quite quick paced. It's keeping the industry up to date with with kind of what's going off. Um, my own inherent interest, my selfish, selfish interest is technology. I'm that guy that gets just goes for the iPhone and goes for the top spec with all the bells and whistles. You know, I, I, I love technology. I love seeing how it's, you know, over my young adulthood, how it's just drastically changed. So I really wanted to look at that for the events industry. When I first started writing about technology, it was extremely hard to kind of find any concrete information on what techno road technology sure. was playing in the industry, yep. other than kind of like AV and sound, right? Like that's yep. how it was back in the day. Yep. Um, so that led me to write more. We saw an influx of people. That led on us to kind of create an awards program called the Event Technology Awards, which was the foundation of being able to give both the event organizers, brands and promoters, as well as the technology providers, the ability to showcase what they do and win accolades, which then they could sure. use to win business and, and kind Absolutely. of show the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that led on to Event Tech Live, which is now a, two events um, this year. Um, bringing the together year. the. And that, started, and that started uh, in 2013. When was that? Yeah, that's right. So. Um, 
it was, yeah, 2013 was the first year, um, officially, when we yeah. rebranded it. And we really didn't have any expectation on the event other than we knew we wanted to get maybe three, 400 people in a room. And I think at the time we kind of thought maybe we could get 10 of these technology companies that we've been talking to also in that room to engage with them and kind of discuss their technology, maybe have a conversation about how they might be able to help those attendees. Um, the first year actually kind of blew up unexpectedly to about a thousand buyers in the room. And I think we had like 70, 75 companies also participating in that in that event. Wow. Um, and then it's just organically grown, Tim. It's, it's grown. We, we've, we've, we're not, we don't heavily like market it out there. We don't, we don't like make a big song and dance of it. It's just organically grown through network, through recommendation, through yes. people coming back year in year as well. Yeah. Um, now in 2019 was our last I say last, that's really awful, but our last physical event, Yeah. Um, we had to kind of pivot to fully virtual in 2020. Sure. Um, but the last physical event brought together um, two and a half thousand event professionals on top of about 500 kind of uh, technology individuals from companies and things like that um, across two days with five stages of content um some kind of hybrid element to it because we were live streaming oh, some of the content there. Yeah, yeah um but yeah and then we and then we had to go fully fully virtual in 2020 and yeah. then because we're crazy we decided to launch another full virtual event this year so yeah so in brief that's kind of like what we get up to what i get up to um it's all part and parcel of the same thing yeah yeah and that event's coming up it's june um, that's right yeah so the the new event um i, I kind of explain why um this is yeah. not supposed to be a pitch for me but thank you very much for giving me the airtime <laughs> i guess you know event tech live here has always been a very european focused event it's been yeah. a fantastic event for the market here and there's lots of event technology startups and companies kind of founded outside of european and london yeah uh, europe and london sorry um but we we have a huge audience on event industry news and I have lots of connections in the North American Canada and, and the US that have always said to me, you know, you should be doing this over here. Our market's massive associations, brand events, corporates, you know, yeah, we are the events industry because of how big the American market is, for example. Um, what you should, what you do, what you do should be brought over here. Yeah. Um, so we, we looked at that a few years ago and it's been one of those things in the back of our heads that, you know, there's an definitely an opportunity there to bring our learnings of, of our event format to, to the market. But we wanted the event to be very curated and formatted around America and Canada because the industry works in some instances slightly differently over there. So like my opinion is there's a huge proportion of the market that is association led, for example, Sure. but that's not so much here in the UK. Yeah. So we wanted to create an event that very much wrapped around the market, the industry, the people, the language and et cetera. Um, so rather than kind of, you know, say, hey guys, come to Event Tech Live in the UK, wake up at 2 a.m. And, yeah, and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Sure. Let's bring it to you. Let's let's go there. Um, and we're firming up some great partnerships and things like that that will really help formulate that event. Um, we've already got some amazing speakers, like really high level organizers kind of coming forward with case studies, talking about in some instances also 
other technology providers that may be slightly outside of the events industry, but are going to come and talk about their opinion of where events are going. That's interesting. They, yeah. have, a, they have a slightly different view of things. Yeah. Um, you know, big technology companies that are helping people connect digitally. Yep. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll be a really good event. Um, everybody who's listening is welcome to come and attend and, and get involved and submit if you want to speak and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we're seeing in event tech now is this proliferation of all these platforms. And, mm. you know, I think especially last year, most of the conversation was around, you know, what platform, you know, I kind of consider it the wave one of virtual events. It was like, everyone was just focused on platform, you know, and we were talking with, with tons of different platforms and our clients were coming to us, you know, what platforms do you recommend? Mm. There's, and there was all these out there then, you know, there's Entrato, there's Hopin, there's SpotMe, there's, uh, the list goes on, you know, and now we're seeing new, uh, players in the space. I was just attending uh, swap cards evolve event mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, great, great content and things like that, but they're, they're, you know, they're events that are led from the platform and kind of in promotion of the platform. And one of the things sure. I like about this idea is it's really about building a network of peers and it's not necessarily about pushing a particular product, but celebrating uh, best standards. And, you know, I think that what we're going to see in the event tech industry is that, you know, right now it's just this options market. There's tons of things out there and a lot of them are really elegant and viable solutions, both for platforms. And now in the second wave, more extensions, you know, for engagement, for, um, yeah. analytics, yeah. for interaction, you know, Slido and, uh, just a whole host of things, gatherly and wonder. So I, I'd be interested to hear, you know, what you think uh, the event tech industry as a whole, how it's evolving, and what you see coming of that. Sure. I mean, it, it's evolving immensely quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, the way that myself and the rest of the industry viewed the world twelve months ago almost seems ridiculous right now. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's been changed tremendously. And I think it's going to continue to be disrupted and change on a daily, weekly, monthly basis for, for a long period of time now. And back to your point, you, you know, there is absolutely new players coming into, just before we jumped on this podcast, I got a press release from an ex-founder of Shutterstock who's just launched their own virtual event platform. Yep. Um, with a look and feel slightly different to others out there. Um, and and it, it's hard to guess what's coming next. Yeah. But I have, I do have some ideas. What's what's really interesting to me is that as an industry, when it comes to platform, we should really look like at that like the venue. Yeah. We should work back from what type of event do we want to host and what venue best fits that Absolutely. event. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we wouldn't go and book an exhibition hall and then try and put on a pool party, would we? It's, just, sure. it's, it's ludicrous. Yep. You could probably do it, but the cost of delivering it, bringing the pool in and all this kind of stuff would be just astronomical. Absolutely. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of our industry has made quite quickly is they've looked at platform first and then tried to shoehorn the event into it which then has come unstuck or not delivered on promises or not been fit for purpose and stuff. So I think they'll, I think we'll, one of the things that we'll see is a mindset change in the industry of looking at what, what's the objectives of my event and what venue or what platform best fits the purpose to deliver that on. You know, in some, in some Absolutely. cases there'll be, it's just about connecting and having beers and maybe having a good time. And there'll be yeah. one platform for that. 
Maybe it's about engaging with content and absorbing that content. So it might be a swap card. Yeah. Um, the other might be a brand experience, an event, and actually something really behind it with something like Unreal or, you know, all these gaming engines that really give that immersive, engaging product launch, you know, storytelling yeah. event. That's yeah. the way to go. Right. And, and that's the way things will come. What I, what I think the technology ecosystem will do though, is it will become a little bit like, I'm gonna, this is a really basic analogy, but sure. let's take let's take the WordPress ecosystem. Yep. This foundational kind of core element of a software, which then as the user of that, you can plug in and bolt in yeah. elements of additional technology yes. to amplify that experience. Yeah. The, the same way as taking a venue and you bring services and supply the caterer, the light. Yeah, you've the got theme. a ballroom and it's an empty space. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the really clever forward thinking kind of innovative organizers will go that route because it'll be able to really curate an experience specific to them and their objectives. Yeah. But also distance it from looking and feeling like just everything else that's out right. there. Yeah. Um, and I could go really geeky into analytics and ROI and things like HubSpot and sales, and Salesforce kind of integration and long tail marketing and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's the way the, 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 the technology already feels like it's becoming much more companies are going much more open ecosystem. Yeah. In order to say, hey, organizer, if you want to use this registration provider, no problem. We can work with that. If you want to use this yep. Q&A system, we can do that. Yep. Um, so I think that's what's coming more and more so. Um, which will be a better thing for our industry because it allowed us to, as we do as event organizers, it allowed us to take building blocks and create something dedicated and specific to what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, more more towards the the goal of having the event to begin with. Yeah, and I absolutely. do th I do think that that was lost, and I think it's because people went into you know kind of um, this this mindset of we have to we have to be able to produce the event. And so it became more about meeting the requirements, but now we're seeing, you know, this, this thing where it's like, well, you know, rather than just taking last year's agenda and doing it in a virtual thing, how do we rethink the whole thing? Yeah. Do you need, do you need the same attendees to come or do we have fewer and, um, you know, more focused? Is it the same duration? Is it the same amount of days, you know, and the, I think that that's getting to, what we're seeing more broadly, um, especially as a services provider, is thinking more in terms of event strategy. And I think that corporations and associations and you know companies across the board really need to kind of throw out the playbook that they've had and start afresh and say, what's what's the right mix of these things? You know, and I'm not personally a believer that it's the answer is exclusively hybrid events. Because I think in some ways that could be the worst of both worlds. It could be, you know, it more cost um, to, to, to do it right for both audience bases. And you're going to bifurcate your audience. You're going to have to really accommodate both. And then you're probably going to compromise in things like the ballroom. And, you know, who does the keynote speaker address? Does he address the person in the room or the yeah. person at home? And it, it could become potentially the worst of both worlds. I think that if it's done right, it can be amazing. And I think that digital could be this intermediary that connects the dots between an attendee at home or, or remote um, and someone who's in the ballroom. But 
I think also it, it, there's a lot of talk and conjecture about that. But when we, I, I feel like when we actually get into the practice of it, it may not be the uh, kind of panacea that we think it's going to be. No, I don't think so. And I think there'll always be those people that are firmly footed in the physical world. You know, there's, let's be, let's take sport, right? Yep. There's nothing better than sitting in a stadium in the, in that stand experiencing, even though the, actually the picture at home might be a little bit better. Sure. Like experiencing the electric atmosphere of that event. That is something that is so hard to portray over digital means whether that be online or through a tv set yep but if we look to places like sport they have that mix of in-person and remote viewing where fans still feel a part of the game and yeah. i think that's kind of that is the panacea of that approach but let's be honest they have huge budgets they have dedicated teams for that kind of stuff they approach it as a tv show with it is more clips. like tv yeah yeah exactly it's a captive um, audience and it's keeping them tuned in exactly so if you can yeah. go that route if you've got that ability then maybe you can do that but on a b2b scale on a conference scale on an exhibition scale you need to you do need to tread carefully because you could quite easily have a very fragmented experience and alienate people because they're not getting the full experience so they they feel like maybe a second rate attendee versus a a, a key attendee kind of yep. scenario so yeah absolutely yeah. Some mistakes could be made along the way for sure, but yeah. hopefully we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's a good point, you know, um, encapsulating it. Sports has been doing hybrid events for some time. It's mm -hmm. basically what you're saying, right? Like yeah. they've had the in-person and they're send and they're, they're broadcasting it as, uh, as a whole. And so, yeah, and I think uh, that's, that is fascinating. And it, the budget is, is a big part of that, you know, and even now, you know, if you're in many of those stadiums, you're watching the Jumbotron anyway but you yeah. still want to be there. You want yeah. to see it happen. I think that's the magic of these in-person and live experiences. It's it's everything that wraps around the physical event, right? Like, right. I don't know what your audience is like. Maybe I'm going to be talking to people and they're going to be like, what? But can you ever remember going to the video store with your mom and dad to pick a video out? Absolutely, yeah. And part, of the, yeah, and part of the experience was that trip to the Blockbuster to yeah. kind of scan the, scan the aisle, pick a video out, and, and you never knew if you went up to this up to the count whether it was actually going to be in or not, or if all the copies were out. Like, that's it on a really small scale, but let's take sport again. It's the meeting up with your buddies for beers afterwards or going back to somebody's house for pizza or, you know, it's it's everything that goes around that as a physical event that will still mean physical events will be the premier element of any event. Yeah. But you just then have to, you just have to answer, that, like, do you want to do any of that online? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, it's it's... I think it's part of the importance of a set apart physical experience because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I liken it to, I, I took a trip to Italy, um, after college and in the two weeks that I was there, I probably have about the same amount of memories from those two weeks as I have for the entire year beyond those two weeks, because it's a, it's a new experience. There's new synaptic connections. There's new yep. neural pathways forming there's a different environment. So you're taking in, you're making mental notes, you're creating memories where if you're doing something that's root and kind of your daily routine, 
there's no reason to store those memories. It's, yeah. it's kind of, yeah. it is similar to another one. So it's not critical, you know, and, and we've got limited capacity and our, our brain is, is, you know, a leaky water bucket and things just kind of fall out of the bottom if we don't continue to access them, you know? And so I think that that's, you're right. It's the whole experience. It's yeah. being in a different environment. It's being in a new city. It's meeting new people. It's sitting in a place that's not your home office. That's not the chair that you sat in for the past 365 exactly. days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think we'll see some of uh, a strategy that is, is more so uh, leveraging virtual for what it's best at and for um, maybe fewer, I mean, uh, fewer total in-person events and, uh, and a few more virtual events throughout the year uh, could be one uh, outcome that we see. Yeah, I think you're right. I think what virtual events do is extremely efficient and cost-effective access to information yep. and sharing information. Yep. Like that's that boom, that does it. it be, it's going to be hands down than traveling anywhere in the world to attend a two, three day conference if you're short on time and there is little or no value to the physical experience of connecting it with people. Yeah. Maybe it's the first time you're just scoping out the event, for example. Sure. You just can't make it that year because you've got other commitments. Like it's almost the same as access to information online versus going to the library. It's that kind of scenario. Yeah. So if, if speed and efficiency of accessing information and doing business and connecting it with people is a priority, then there's probably going to be no better way than connecting up through an online event, a moment in time to, to, to do that, just the way that we go on social media and stuff. However, if it's about maybe building relationships and getting to know people better and building brand trust, then, you know, maybe just getting Tim at the bar for a few hours to dig into a little bit of his past so you know him better, then the physical event's always going to win, hands down. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and evenings are one thing I think that, you know, there's not many virtual events that I felt like are doing that well. And mm. part of that may just be that it kind of crosses into something that feels more of like a personal boundary uh, when you're at your home. But when you're on the road, you're you're expecting evening entertainment. So it, it does, you know, kind of create that contrast. And for a few of our clients who have wanted to do evening events, we've seen a little bit less attendance of those because mm. some people opt out um, and uh, less engagement as well for those who probably opt in. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, I do think that it has to be about then entertainment, potentially including the whole family, you know, have a magician or an award show that uh, can be more passively consumed, you know? So what you're basically saying is we should do morning breakfast briefing events with mimosas and we're going to have everybody having a good time. Absolutely. That's what I've taken away from. That. Yeah, I think I think that that's I think that if we distill it down, that's that's the perfect event. You know, <laughs> I'm up for it. Count me in. I'll, okay. I'll just stop. <laughs> All right, and we'll do it every day. Sounds good to me. Okay, great. Um, all right, well, let's go into a speed round. I want to get your thoughts okay. on a few topics. So um, try and distill your answers into like the shortest you can. Okay. Okay. Uh, live or pre-record? Live. Okay. Uh, what event tech developments are you the most excited about? Ooh, analytics. That's really mm, neat. No, I think that that's great. You know, we 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 don't we can't make things we or we can't measure things. Uh, we're better at making things when we can measure them. I guess yeah, I should say. Absolutely. Um, what do you feel like the most overrated event tech feature set is? 
the most overrated event tech. Let's let's uh, narrow it to virtual events. Oh crap. Registration. Mm. Why do you say that? Because I think as organizers, we ask way too many questions that we never make any use of. Ah, uh, that's good. What's the best virtual event that you've t attended? That Vent wasn't that wasn't one of your own, <laughs> that wasn't one of your events. Uh. Um, Interesting. Um, I think I really have to hand it to the team at Event Manager Blog for the series of events that they put on last year. That was year. great. Yeah. Um, not in format or platform or anything, but just pure visceral content right at the moment at the right time. Yeah. People really needed it. You know, that's 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 a quality event for me when you when your event is really hitting home and offering the industry that you're serving what it needs at that moment. Yeah relevancy and yeah yeah absolutely yeah um you know i feel like everyone wants a crystal ball right now right and if we had one 13 to 14 months ago we probably would have done some different things like buy bitcoin absolutely and you know and get ahead of some of this uh some of all that was happening um but we get a lot of questions about you know uh, especially from event planners event professionals uh you know they're trying to to plan out their year how do you kind of at a high level, how do you see this thing playing out? If you were to kind of write some headlines over, you know, leading into a, a year from now. Um, okay. Interesting. Virtual event platforms are like event apps. So like how event apps had their peak mm -hmm. and they were the, 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 the best thing since sliced bread. And then they just became event tech. Yep. They, they yep. were going to be the kind of, tech. yep. Yeah, so virtual event platforms, the hype around them, I think will settle down because they'll just become a mainstay of, of stuff. Yeah. Um, community will be the next big thing. Yeah. Your community, your event community, your event social community, like community platform, community tech could very well kind of take over of actually event tech, mm. in my opinion. Um, so I'll be rebranding event tech live to community tech live um, 2025. Um, nice. Uh, no, I, I, it's a good it's prediction. A, yeah, it's really interesting how things will play out. I, I don't think we can fully predict, but I think I think the I think what I can offer is an approach perspective. Mm. So I think you know events are moments in time. It's it's about bringing people together. Events have been very much focused on the quality of the event is the size of the event, right? Mm -hmm. So it's sure. like Mobile World Congress must be amazing because of how big it is. Ten thousand people, sure. Yeah, Glastonbury, yeah. amazing because how big it is and all this kind of stuff and i actually think events will shift into being more value based on even smaller groups of people and, and online will be that ability to do that you know it could be just literally 10 people of a certain type and that event will be perfect for them and deliver on the objectives of the organizer whether that's a corporate or whatever mm, yeah so i think i think the shift like event tech live we have to put out numbers because it's what people use as a, a as a barometer. A metric, of. sure, yeah. But actually, they don't ask us the right questions. Mm. Like, how many leads were generated? How many people do you have rebook every single year into your event? That's more interesting. Yeah, like it's loyalty, like it's a, and it's an interesting metric. It's, it shows that it works rather yeah. than well, how many people turn up. Right. Um, so I think I think that's I think we'll see a shift in metrics as well. And that's maybe where that data comment came from earlier of an analysis. Yeah. We'll be able to really share some really insightful, interesting things to individuals rather than these blanket market statistics. Yeah. 
I think that's really rich. You know, our purpose at Unbridled is connecting companies with their people. And we believe events are the most catalytic force to do that. Uh, but it, it connection happens in oftentimes, uh, it, it happens in a number of ways, but one of the most rich ways is, is when you're forming relationships um, and you feel a sense of camaraderie with people or, or you know, uh, kindredness and you've experienced the same things or you've gone through things together and uh, it, that's hard to evoke at scale. And yeah. so I, I think that that's really rich and, and really insightful. I think it's one of the things just on that, that the biggest events have to figure out because you can be a very passive participant at large scale events. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, people tend to go to events in collectives, whether that's yeah. two people, three people, five people, whatever. Yeah. So they experience the event themselves. But one of the best events I ever went to was Web Summit, where I literally just booked a ticket and went, didn't know anybody. Mm. And funnily enough, basic event app actually meant that I could connect it with, I could find people in our industry. And I'm a very outgoing person. So I yeah. literally did re outreach. I was like, you're in the events hey, industry, let's meet. Let's, yeah. But that's something on big scale events that the organizers are gonna have to figure out is, is meaningful connection to their audience. Yeah, and I would say that that's part of the second wave of virtual events. It's, mm -hmm. it's more about networking and engagement, but there are some limitations that I don't know that we can overcome just yet with mm -hmm. that. Um, and we'll we'll have to just see, you know, time will tell as far as how effective those networking uh, components are in actually having attendees feel a sense of connection, you know? So uh, we'll have to see. Okay, last question. Okay. It's been a lot of fun. I, I think we can keep going, <laughs> but um, I'm a big sci-fi fan. You've talked about quantum and the matrix. And so I, I think that uh, you may have a similar Interests. I just rewatched the movie Looper, which was done in yeah. 2012, but it was really good, good and good film. Yeah. Uh, and they, they project into 2044 and then uh, kind of the span from 2044 to 2074. So I wanted to do a quick exercise just for fun with one of the um, most influential event tech voices in the world, Adam Perry. The year is 2044. Okay. How does event tech live occur and what is it like? All the time, anytime. Mm. So for me, event tech live at its heart is the community and the people. Yeah. And I think as an event brand, maybe we won't call ourselves an event anymore. Mm. Events will be the mechanism in which we bring people together in moments mm. in time, online or physically. Um, but what I mean by that as well is that we, we've done this for a long, long time now is made a real concerted effort to archive footage and content off huh. so that people can go back and look yeah. and learn. Yeah. Um, so that in that way, that if somebody comes to Event Tech Live in 2044, they'll still be able to access and understand what we were talking about in 2021. Interesting. Maybe like it's, an ongoing, it's an ongoing conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, very holistic, like the event happens 365, but, mm -hmm. you know, little things bring people together in moments in time. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it that's, becomes that's more of a community. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Maybe even our community true. will organize technology events under, or we'll be able to help our community organize events through events yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. cool. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I, 
I I don't have you ever uh, done like Quest or any of the uh, oh, can VR? I just can I actually just add one thing to that? Maybe yeah. if I was also to give answer two, it would be on Mars because Elon Musk will have taken us all over there. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> Perseverance just landed, you know, or getting HD footage streamed. So I'm I'm straight on one of those on one of those starships. Yeah, we'll, we'll paint the planet red. No, Absolutely. that's already been done. Uh, yeah, I think. So I think that, uh, I don't know if you've done one of the kind of like Oculus quests or some of the Apple's now developing one that's coming out in a couple of years, which I think will be really interesting um, for VR. Mm. Um, but I think that there'll be this blurring of the physical with the the kind of cyber um, realities, you know, where the, you might have the capacity to t attend some component of an event completely in virtual reality and Facebook has been making massive investments in it. They said that the whole platform will be VR. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but I think it was by 2040 or 2030 or something. And so uh, it could it could get into a Ready Player One scenario. Do you know, it's really interesting. So I'm a bit of a gamer, I, I, you know, I don't yeah. mind admitting that. But I watched a video from a guy the other day that was said, I'm, I've stopped playing video games. And his reason for that was that while he's young and healthy, he wanted to experience as much of physical life as he could. Yeah. Because he perceived that when he got to maybe 60, VR would be so much further ahead that he would... Sorry about my little one in the background. Anybody so listening? <laughs> Working from home. Um, he That is the point in which that would be most valuable to jump into those second life worlds and relive his unlimited youth and unlimited ability and unlimited possibility. I do think VR will impact our social and physical and business lives more than we even imagine. I think AR will come before that though, if I'm honest. I think mm -hmm. the augmentation of information, um, we, we, you know, we're not too far away from it now with even our phones and things like sure, that. Sure, that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree with you. Sorry, um, okay. I, uh, yeah, it will it will be interested to see if that is a, another layer of the matrix that we plug ourselves into. Yeah, um, bit of like an inception scenario. So yep, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see. It. We'll see. Yeah, well, um, maybe we'll continue this conversation in twenty forty four, and we'll see. We'll go back to the archive and see how right we weren't. What episode would that be? Like <laughs> 2 million, 400? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, well, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, love the conversation and love what you do for and with our industry. So uh, people check out Event Industry News and attend Event Tech Live. I will be there and I'll see you there. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, just thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Tim. This has been super fun, mate. Not laughed like this hard in a long time. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Adam Perry. If you haven't already, please subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes of the Meetings and Events podcast, where I host thought leaders like Adam discussing best practices related to meetings and events. In the meantime, we wish you all the best. Be well, seek good, and bye for now.